Let's start with a nice word from Parshas B'Shalach. A word from Imre Shofar. It's a Pshleim Klieger. So he says on the Pusik in the beginning of the Parsha, Now, of course, the Pusik Pshat is Kikurevi because it's close by and Hashem wanted to take us further away so we shouldn't uh, go back to Matzrayim. But he says something very nice. He says, when somebody usually does a favor for somebody, he feels like, you know, it's enough that I want to do you a favor. It's enough that I'm offering. It's enough that I have you in mind. You want to take you want to take me up on it? You want to accept it? It's good. And if you don't want, it's also good. It's okay. As long as, from my end, I try doing something nice to you, so it's okay if you want to take it or not. Say, but a, a father and a child, when a father wants to help a child with something and the child doesn't want to accept it, the father wants to make sure that he accepts it. He cares that it's accepted. He's not just trying to be nice and, and make sure that on, on his part he did the right thing and offered help. He cares about his child and he wants him to accept the, the favor or whatever good thing you know that he thinks his child could use. He touches the pussy. He said, "Hashem is, is kurev to us. Hashem is uh, like a like a close relative who really cares for us. It's not enough that he's just offering help. He wants to make sure that we actually take it." So he says that when Hashem wanted that we shouldn't go back to Mitzrayim, you know, if we see a Mitzrayim, Hashem wasn't just trying to take care of us and offer us to come out of Mitzrayim. Hashem was caring for us and wanted to make sure that we don't go back to Mitzrayim because it's not good for us. And that's why Hashem's the Lushna Pusik is Vlenuchum Lakim Derechitzplishtim, Ki Kurev He, because Hashem is a Kurev, Hashem is a Kurev to us. And he was trying to make sure that we get the full benefit of leaving Mitzrayim and don't by mistake turn around and fall back into the trap of uh, you know getting all confused and getting overwhelmed and, and turning back because we're not sure if it's good for us to leave. Ki Kurev He, everything Hashem does is because He cares for us and because it's good for us. And when we try to understand things that way and we look at the Torah as a Samachayim, and we look at everything that says in the Torah as Hashem caring for us and trying to give us the best life possible. It just it just puts the things in a different perspective. You know, Hashem is here only to to help us to enhance our lives as 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 Yiddish as Amsgila, and make sure that we always do the right thing. And when it comes to anything about marriage or anything about the, the way the Torah dictates how we live our life, then sometimes you know people get into that uh, attitude of maybe there's another way to do it. Maybe you could beat the system. Maybe. Maybe the way we're taught to do things is not the best way to do things, etc. Things that we've discussed many times. And the mindset of Kikurev He, Hashem is close to us, Hashem cares about us. Everything Hashem is telling us and everything Hashem is teaching us and dictating to us in the Torah is only to make things better for us and to make sure we're living life you know, to, the, to the fullest and benefiting the most. You know, that's, that's always something um, comforting that helps us understand what it is that the Torah is trying to help us uh, achieve. So with that said... I'm going to read a question, and then another comment that somebody wrote to me recently in an email, and try to address a very sensitive topic. There, by Gruen, I had an old laptop that I gave to my brother-in-law, who's married just a few years, because his wife wanted to use the internet. Yesterday, I needed to take off some files from there, so I took it back. I was shocked to see on the internet history that my sister-in-law was part of a forum of Hamish women discussing intimacy issues. She's a nice Hasidic girl. How did she fall into this? Is there anything we could do? to save other nice Hasidic girls from falling into this in the future? Kind regards. Okay, so just the, the question as it is. Again, I'm not going to go into anything about internet usage or, or what, what kind of uh, service or filter you have and who you're giving it to and why people are using it. That's, that's a whole separate topic. Um, just the point of the question, right? Somebody's um, seemingly part of an internet group that's discussing sensitive topics. Right, intimacy issues, and, and the question is asking, how do we make sure it doesn't happen again? So like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to address the part about maybe you should make sure that it doesn't happen again by not giving people 
access when they maybe shouldn't have, but that's, that's a separate issue. But let me just read another part of another email, a section of another email somebody recently sent me. It was part of a long feedback to different um, things that I discuss in my classes. In regard to intimate relations, this is something that is never explicitly spoken about or taught to new couples. I'm talking in graphic detail, and that is something I'm sure is desperately needed in today's times, especially with all the information available on a smartphone today. I'm confident to predict that 95% of men and women have browsed the subject on the World Wide Web, and the contradiction of fantasy and reality must be mind-boggling for everyone involved. Giving shurim on the subject and offering people to email you to discuss their questions in more detail is a mitzvah that only you could do. You give such a sheer and speak in generalities with the offer to discuss particulars in private, and I guarantee that Hashem will provide you a special shah and ganadin for that. Okay, well, getting a guarantee for a special shah and ganadin is definitely something uh, tempting for myself. But basically what this writer is saying is that um, with all the exposure and with all the open education that anyone could educate themselves, you know, maybe we should be educating people a little, a little clearer that they shouldn't have to start looking around and getting all kinds of interesting ideas. And this writer is also understanding that, you know, obviously in public there's only so much you could do, right? Which maybe other people don't even agree with that either. But at least giving the people opportunity to have someone to reach out to and someone to ask and, and, and get clear answers instead of having to search on their own. Anyway, that was the, the two, the two um, writers that I wanted to address this week. So back to the first question. The first question was how do we stop people from falling into, you know, inappropriate behavior in the future? Um, discussing issues that shouldn't be addressed, uh, shouldn't be discussed in public and, and things like that, especially on the internet. So let me just say this. How can I stop anyone from doing anything? There's no way. There's no way to stop anyone from doing anything. Let me, let me be clear about that. And very often people get into this attitude with, with their children or with other people. How do we stop people from doing things? How do we get people to not do this and this? You know, I, I wish there was a way, but there isn't. We can't stop anyone from doing anything besides ourselves. We can only make sure that we do what's appropriate, that we do what's right, we do what's Osgahalten, we do what's, uh, you know, the way Hashem wants, we behave appropriately, and there's no way to stop anyone from anything else. However, there is a certain amount of awareness, there's a certain amount of uh, something that myself and other people could try to spread and try to help people with. But you can't stop people from doing things. And it's very important to know that, because when you get into this motive of trying to change the world, and I know people who have tried that, and maybe even myself in certain areas have tried that, you become very discouraged because you can't control the world. You can't control people. Especially a world like today where everything is accessible and everything is open. There's no way to make sure that people who you care about um, won't, won't, do th- won't do things or won't access information or won't access whatever it is that's available to them. So that's just uh, something to, to, to know and, and uh, accept. In regard to online forums in general and in regard to all the exposure and all the information that's available... Aside from all the inappropriateness, all the things that we know we shouldn't be browsing or, or you know, um, being exposed to. But I saw something interesting lately from Gudel who was talking about the, the, the damage done by letters to the editor. Okay? Letters to the editor, for example, seems like a pretty, um, you know, pretty innocent column in every magazine or in every forum or wherever it is. And he was saying, you know, Amulu Gatsatan, once, once upon a time, when somebody wanted to write a column, it always had to be well edited, and you had to make sure the person was somebody who, who was trustable, he was putting his name behind this column, and any publication would have to make sure that they're presenting somebody who is presentable, right? they wouldn't just let anyone write a column. 
But in regard to letters to the editor, what it means basically is that whoever wants could just put their ideas down on paper, and everyone's going to read it. And even if there's going to be a rebuttal or an answer from the original writer or from the editor who's going who's to point out where this letter to the editor went wrong, but at the end of the day, this guy got his opinion out in the street. Everyone's reading this letter to the editor that some, anyone who you know, just came up with his own opinion um, thought up. And very often it's very damaging. You're basically giving um, an opportunity for anyone to share their ideas with anyone on any topic. So no matter what you're going to write back, or no matter how many people are going to disagree with what that person said, it's going to go into people's minds. And he was just bringing out the point that when everyone could just say whatever they want, it's very damaging, because people get new ideas, and even when they know they're wrong, even when they hear later it's wrong, it definitely sticks. So when you're talking about online forums, and you're talking about... Um, Reading and seeing and being exposed to whatever anyone has to say, it, there's always damage to it. It's not a question. So I'm just, you know, aside from the inappropriateness, you have to realize that when you're being exposed to different people's opinions, things are going to your head and they're coming from sources that maybe are not great. So it's not a question. And then there's another, another idea that in general there are certain topics, again, I'm saying aside from the inappropriateness of any topic, there are certain topics that the more awareness you, you, you get, sometimes the more damage or the more... Uh, you know, questions and confusion you get. Just recently I met someone who told me about my articles, the essays that I give out weekly. He said, I don't, I don't like to read the ones that are on Shalom Bayez. The ones that are on Chinuch I read, the ones that I see are, are touching upon Shalom Bayez I don't read. I said, okay, why is that? He said, because Bokshem Shalom Bayez is good. And I'm afraid that reading different ideas might make me question my Shalom Bayez, question my relationship, uh, question my wife, and things like that. And, and I, I'd, I'd rather not. Now, just to say a word about my own articles, I'm, I'm, I try very hard in my Shiram and my articles to be very, very... Um, solution-based, and try to make everyone um, do some introspection and realize what they could do to better, better their relationship and never blame anyone else. But I, but I understood his point. I understood his point. Especially as we discussed last week, there are articles that definitely open a can of worms and make people talk or question things. And sometimes they're not even written with that kind of sensitivity. So if somebody feels that, you know, things are good, why should I expose myself to something that's going to confuse me and bring about questions? Now, some, some people have more curious uh, nature, and they'll say, what do you mean? I want to know. I want to know if I'm doing the right thing. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm living in denial. Maybe I'm fooling myself. Maybe it's really not as good as it should be. You know, but sometimes you don't realize that if something's good, let it be good. Let it, don't rock the boat. You know, so this is, all, um, this is all just in general terms. So I'm just going to say it again up until here. The, it, there's something about seeing other people's ideas and opinions when maybe they're not, they're not giving you good opinions and you're exposing yourself to what someone else will say, which is not healthy. And then there's something about just, just you know, rocking the boat in areas that maybe could have been better if you wouldn't have, uh, you know, if you, if you wouldn't have been busy seeing what everyone has to say on the topic. So these, these are just something to think about. Now, let's get to the point over here, which is discussing sensitive topics, right? The, uh, topics about intimacy and, and other sensitive areas about marriage and things like that. Th- there is a big debate um, and I'm not, I'm not talking about it in terms of debate, you know, like it's something everyone has to have an opinion about. But you hear, you hear this debate discussed, especially people who are writing to me like this. A debate about, um, should we be discussing these topics more than we used to, right? And, and, and looking to educate people better. And maybe even, maybe even looking more for different loopholes or different things that maybe, you know, years ago would never be accepted and would be totally off limits but because today there's so much exposure and because today it's a different world and because today people are educating themselves and because today people are falling into problems let's just face reality and and do things differently than we used to right so it's not a question you know there there are issues out there and making believe that there aren't and making believe that everyone's just going to do whatever we tell them and make believe that people are going to be tamimistic and and innocent and just uh 
you know, stick to whatever it is that they're being taught. You know, why are we fooling ourselves? So there's a need for more education, there's a need for more exposure, there's a need for, there's a need for more open-mindedness, as people call it. Others say, no, that's just making the problem bigger. Right? You know, if we didn't do this, if there's not the way we taught the uh, Hassanam and Kalis years ago, then we shouldn't be doing it today either. And then there are people who are innocent, and there are people who don't need this, and there are people who don't want to know from this or shouldn't know from this. And this is a big, this is, this is a big debate, you know, with a lot of gray area in between as well. It's not only zero or a hundred, there's everything in between. You know, it's definitely a different generation, and if we keep on educating people the way we used to educate people, where would we be? We would have no girls' schools, we would have no, uh, we would have no English department, we would have no a lot of things. You know, so, so this is, this is a, a very gray area um, where, where different people are very passionate about different, different things. I'll tell you, I myself, I've always wondered why a topic like, like this, intimate relationship, which is so relevant, uh, not just so relevant, it's, 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 it's relevant to every single person at every stage in life, right? how, how come it's so, it's so not discussed? There's so many other things that we discuss more often, so many things that there are shirim and classes about, you know, Mushal and Shavavim, whether it's Taras and uh, and things like that, which aren't as relevant. Interestingly, of course, they're, they're relevant and they're extremely important, but I'm just saying it's not as relevant to a couple, right? There are more times that, that uh, you know, Taras and Meshbucha, Halochas are put on hold than, than, than you know, typical uh, physical intimacy should. So why is it so not discussed? You teach someone um, how to drive before he ever sits into the car and you hope that he understood what you said and now you let him drive off and you never review the... the, the you never go it over with him, and you're hoping that everything's just running on its own, everything's cruising. So I always wondered, I always wondered why, why it's so uh, not, not, not discussed. And I'll tell you, there's a few reasons why it's not discussed in general. I'm not saying that they're right or wrong, I'm just trying to bring some, some clarity. Some, the reason why it's not discussed, and maybe part of the reason, maybe part of this is also why, why we don't discuss certain things in detail. And that's because in general, there are certain things that evolve there are certain things that happen, and life takes a natural course. Just like you, 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 you teach a child to eat or to go to the bathroom, you, know, you just want to make sure he knows, he knows approximately what he's doing, and you assume that as time goes on, he learns certain things. You don't have to teach him uh, when to add some salt or when to add some ketchup, and you don't have to teach him uh, different things about, about going to the bathroom. Once he understands it and he gets older, so slowly there evolves a certain understanding that happens naturally. Now, interestingly, in most areas in life, you don't have that, that kind of education, but when it comes to marriage, it comes to intimate relationships, there are things that evolve. So there's something that you teach, and then slowly you hope and assume that people will understand things and, 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 and get things happening on their own. And, and that's most often what happens, I'll tell you the truth. Most often that's what happens. Most people don't have this question of, how come you're not teaching me more, how come you're not telling me more? You know, slowly people realize what, what it is that they're supposed to do, or what it is that works for them, or what it is that they're, that they're expected to understand. So this is something that, um, I, I don't mean to say that it's something that should never be discussed. I'm just saying that there's a reason why very many people don't have this question of how come you're not teaching me more, or what am I supposed to do now, what's, what's step two? You know, a lot of people figure it out on their own, let's call it, and, and they get into a routine or they get into a, a behavior that works for them. Now, of course, that behavior that works for them should always be in the guidelines of what the Torah is teaching us, obviously, and it should never contradict anything that they were taught originally, you know, in terms of halucha uh, and, and, you know, proper anhoga, obviously. But, but that, that's, that's the typical understanding. And another, another thing is also that, you know, when you teach people up front, before they know what they're doing, or before they're in the driver's seat, and before they know what marriage is, and before they know what relationships are, it can be very confusing, especially if you go into detail and you talk about things that somebody's totally not aware of, especially if it might not even be um, applicable to his specific relationship. So there are reasons 
why things are taught like that. So like I started off saying, it's, it's hard to change a system. It's hard to change the way people do things. It's hard to control people and, not, and, not, you know, and make sure that they don't uh, try to access different information. You can't do that. You can't do that. Today. You can't control people. But one thing that you could do, and one thing that I could try to do, is help people understand that there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be ashamed of if you have any question whatsoever. Right? And the reason you're trying to access things online is because you're ashamed to ask someone for an answer. You're ashamed if maybe there's something you don't know, or maybe there's something that you do know, or maybe something you figured out, and you want to know if it's okay or not okay, if it's accepted or not. Don't be ashamed to ask. Let me tell you this. Any question that you're going to come up with, whatever it may be, the, the craziest question, the craziest idea, anything that you're coming up with, somebody came up with already. Okay? This is a topic that's relevant to everyone. There's a topic that's in everyone's minds, somewhat. Maybe more than it should be, maybe not. But it's a topic that everyone's you know, dealing with. And, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Sometimes people talk about these topics as if they did something wrong and they start turning red. Now, obviously, there's a way and a time to talk and a person to talk to. But the idea of not being ashamed and not having to go find things out on your own, you know, th- th- there's no reason for that. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Everyone's in the same boat and everyone's dealing with the same thing. And even if it's something that nobody's going to ever discuss in public, you know, in terms of a shir or in terms of whatever, even though today there is a little more of that than there used to be, but, but I'm saying there's nothing to be ashamed of. Don't be afraid to discuss. I can guarantee you, and I can say this from experience, people talk to me all the time about all different ideas. Anything that you're going to think of, anything you're going to want to ask, somebody asked already, there's an answer to it, there's clarity to be given, there's clarity to be offered, and there really is nothing to be ashamed of. See, what happens is people are ashamed to talk about certain topics. They're ashamed to ask certain questions, either because they don't know if they're doing something wrong or it's just uncomfortable. So what they do is instead, they wait for the topic to come up in conversation, right, with, with a friend or a sister or with, you know, with, with somebody, or they bring it up in conversation. You know, and it's just easier to talk about then because you don't you know, have to go and expose yourself or talk about something personal. You know, it's just a topic. It came up. And, and that's when, you know, off the record, it's more tempting to delve into a discussion about it and, and that's where a lot of damage happens. It's not a question. I, I actually once, more than once, already said a shir on, this, on, this, on the topic of intimate relationships. And one of the first things I mentioned was, this is not a topic that you should be discussing with friends or with relatives. It's not. I'll tell you a few reasons. I mean, Chazal teach us, right? Hakal Yoyden, I don't remember exactly the Chazal, but Hakal Yoyden, Lumo Kala, Everybody knows why a Kala is getting married. Whatever talks about it is a manabal piv. Right? And the Gemara talks very harshly about it. The Chazal talk very harshly about somebody who, who discusses something inappropriate. Now, it's not a secret. Everyone knows why Chus and Nikala are getting married. Everyone knows what they're going to you know, be going home to. And it's something that you're not allowed to discuss, Chazal teaches. It's called nivul peh. It's called, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, you're saying and you're talking and discussing something that, that should not be spoken about, even though everyone knows. You know, so it's not that, okay, I got married and there's no secrets anymore. Now I can say, no, Chazal teaches teach, teach this to us specifically. Specifically. There's also a certain um, sacredness, let's call it, you know, to, to intimate relationships, which Chazal teach us, are definitely something um, um, holy, it's not something mundane, it's not something, you know, certainly not an avaira, or something bad, and just talking about it takes away that, that, um, that certain sensitivity that's supposed to be given to a certain topic. There's something about it. There's something about it that's not meant to be taken lightly and just discussed and be on the table, and, and just like you don't want to you don't want to hang a sign about it outside your house because it's something personal and private and holy. That's the same reason why you shouldn't be discussing with other people. Forget about the fact that, similar to other, other things, people just tend to think that it's up for grabs and you do what you want. I just recently heard of Magachir um, teaching Hilchas Nidah. And he was talking about different Arachukas, you know, different things you have to be careful in the, you know, in Musa. 
And he said something very interesting. He said, over the years, you hear people asking questions. For some odd reason, they, they came to think over time that certain narchukas are just a minig or just a chimra. Now, aside from the fact that just a minig, just a chimra is, is always like a, a, you know, a, a wrong way of saying something. Just a chimra, just a minig. I mean, if that's the minig, it's the minig. But people take lightly things without realizing what it says in Shachnurach. Because they thought about it before the chasna and they don't review it enough or they don't realize what the sources really are. And over time, you know, you lose sensitivity. And that's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing when the Shachanur says something, you know, we're Jewish and we want to stick to it and we know that there's no if ands or buts. It's, it's not different than anything else, Nechaz Shabbos or Nechaz Ayrev and Nechaz Paisach. So the same thing is with this, you know, people tend to discuss things without realizing that it's, it's very well sourced and there's very, very um, clear guidelines what you should and what you shouldn't do. Whether some of them are literally a halacha or a isra, and some of them are just the way the, the Torah is, is um, suggesting that we live our lives. And by just making light discussion of it, certain things just, the, the sensitivity to certain topics just fall away. That's all aside from the Megadarim Yetzahara Benafshai, which we know that certain things, when you talk about them, Nafshai a person is attracted to certain things, and a person gets overtaken by certain things, and just talking about it you know, brings people you know, to, 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 to be overly. Um, tempted in certain areas that, that shouldn't be it's it just not supposed to happen and that's all aside from the terrible Shulam bias challenges that happen from these kind of discussions that I can tell you clearly people's curiosity and people's uh, you know whatever it is that wants to get them to discuss and to hear and to, and, to, and to compare notes and all those kind of things definitely definitely really challenges relationships and Shulam bias in the way that it shouldn't now all that is just to explain why it's wrong to discuss this with your friend or with your sibling or with an online group. So aside from whatever kinds of opinions you're getting, there's definitely something wrong with having these discussions and talking. Now, does that mean in any way that you should just swallow your curiosity and hope that you're doing the right thing and be afraid to talk about it? Of course not, like I said before. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be ashamed of. You want to make sure that you, what you're doing is right from a Torah perspective. You want to make sure that whatever it is that you want to know or you want to try or you want to do or, or you're unsure about is, 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 is correct. Go ahead. You shouldn't be looking for somebody who's going to say exactly what you want to hear, but you also shouldn't be asking someone who you're not comfortable accepting from. You should find someone who you know is a responsible um, um, somebody who's understanding, somebody who's intelligent, somebody who's uh, smart enough to guide you, somebody who you feel you could accept from, and don't be ashamed. Now, I'll tell you, this is not, this is not different from many topics in life. You should always have someone to talk to. You should have somebody who you could ask guidance from, somebody who you trust, somebody who understands you, who understands the issue you're dealing with, and somebody you could, you could, you could say, oh, he's probably right. Yeah, but let me, let, me check this, let me run this by my sister. No, that, that's the wrong thing to do. Now, just in general, the, the Torah is definitely not here to undermine um, your pleasures and interests. You know, the Torah is not here to uh, make people live life in misery and take away all people's Hanuah Salam Hazar, let's call it. On the other hand, there's definitely a terrible way of doing things. And like I said, Kikurev He. Hashem is close to us. Hashem wants us to live life the best. Sometimes people think that, you know, if you do things um, the way the internet will tell you to do it, or the way Goyim are going to suggest you do it, or the way any kind of therapist or self-help book will tell you to do it, that's when you're going to you live life the best. You know, th- those are the people that really have it right. They, they know what you're supposed to do. I'll tell you, it's the biggest, it's the biggest mistake. It's the biggest mistake, and I talk about this often. Sometimes... You know, people who have these kind of questions, like, why don't we educate differently when it comes to such issues? Part of, part of me always wants to say, you know, and I know it, it's a little un- unconventional. Part of me always wants to answer, because it doesn't help. It doesn't help. I've been talking to people for a long time, and, you know, I, I heard a lot and, and read a lot and saw a lot, and I'm telling you, it doesn't help. 
You would assume that people that get a more graphic, detailed education, or people that are more exposed, or people that are more liberal, or people that are that that know more about what they want and what they and what they do, etc. You you'd assume that they live life better and they enjoy themselves more and they have more meaningful relationships. It doesn't help. I, I wish I could, I could emphasize that enough. Now, and this is not to say that there are things that people should be more aware about or educated about. But it doesn't help. I can say it again and again. I've seen people try very many different things. It did not help their relationship. You know, so, of course, there, there are things that people might enjoy more, right? If you can tell me that not keeping kosher, not keeping a kosher kitchen helps you enjoy your life more. Well, it could be you'll enjoy yourself a little more when you're eating a cheeseburger. But if you're going to think that your relationship, your marriage will be better because you're not keeping a kosher kitchen, so now there's no more fighting about the kashras in the house, and there's no more fighting about what we eat for, for dinner, because we could have everything at the same time. Assuming it's going to help your relationship, let me tell you clearly, it doesn't help. I've seen people try to do away with very many different guidelines and be exposed to very many different things, assuming and hoping that because, ma- because relationship marriage is a science, so let's figure out how it works best. It doesn't help. That's it. It just, it just doesn't help. So sometimes people pick on these topics of the of the stifled uh, or restricted education that we get, assuming that this is the problem in relationships. Let me tell you something. Many people who pick on these topics to assume that this is why uh, relationships are struggling are just looking for something to blame. And I'm not saying it in a negative way. Sometimes it seems like that is the blame. But there are very many people who have very good relationships and they don't blame this topic. And there are very many people who aren't restricted and they also don't have such great relationships. This is not, this is literally, literally just a mushal, not an imshal. So assuming that this is what it is that would enhance your relationship, if only we would have been taught better and only we would be more exposed and only we, we would be allowed to do uh, whatever it is that you're allowed to do and we, it shouldn't be so um, vague, etc. It's not going to help you. Now let me, let me also add another point. That is that I'm not going to deny, I know like some people might want, I'm not going to deny that the Torah definitely has a certain attitude toward intimate relationships. It's not, it's not a question. Chazal teach us, and obviously everything in moderation, knowing how to apply it correctly in today's times, in your relationship, as much as you could, as much as you should, when someone else has cheshbon, etc. But the Torah definitely has an attitude of Kaddashat Chumitelach. The Torah definitely has an attitude of not, not, being, not, not, not uh, behaving like an animal. The Torah definitely has an attitude of right? You shouldn't, you, shouldn't, um, you shouldn't have intimacy all the time, whenever you want, in any form or way, even if you're allowed to. It's not a question. Now, does this mean that we should be very restricting? We should try to be holier than we are? We should be trying to live life on a higher madrega than we can handle? No, of course not. That's why we have um, guidance from Torah and Torah sources, how to do things. But it's not a question. The Torah has an attitude that you can't deny. The fact that somebody is going to tell you that, you know, different things you were taught, that's not true, you are allowed, you're not allowed. You cannot deny that the Torah definitely has a certain attitude that Hashem is expecting and, and, and teaching us, Yiddish Kinder, being a holy nation. Does that mean that we should educate people that everything is prohibited and nothing is good and we should just put your head in the sand and make believe nobody knows? No, of course not. Like I said, you shouldn't feel ashamed to discuss whatever it is that you want with anyone you want as long as they're responsible, as long as they're erlich, as long as they're shemaim, as long as it's being done in a discreet and sensitive way where you make sure you're getting the right guidance and you shouldn't be left curious. Not just because it's going to help you avoid looking at things on the internet, just, but just because there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's fine to get guidance and make sure that you're doing the right thing and make sure that something that you feel might be a help to you is addressed. Not a question. You know, the Torah definitely wants husband and wife to be attracted to each other. The Torah definitely wants people to um, be attracted in a way that things are tempting and they should want to connect. You know, but then there's always the, 
restriction and, and guidelines, and however it is that the Torah attitude is giving us, along with the clear halachas about obligations and restrictions that are all halachic. And that's something people should do away with, assuming that it's okay, and just do it this way and that way, and that's how people discuss things and do it anyway. Anyway, so that's just a lot of what I want to talk about. There's another topic that I've discussed on Torah any time as well in the past, and something that, you know, the motive, the motive of intimate relationships is love and connection. That's the motive. If the motive is about, about um, pleasure and enjoyment and doing what I want, and not about love and connection, not about the other person, not about getting closer, then you're anyway bound to fail. So that's also something to think about. So often a lot of what's being promoted out there, whether, like this writer said, about fantasies and things like that, about let me do what I want, this, why are you restricting me, why are you not letting me, and it's all about me, 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 that's already bound to fail. And I can tell you clearly that whatever you, whoever you're following and whoever tried it probably also failed. It doesn't mean that it's only about love and connection, because Hashem, did it, Hashem set it up in a way that there should be pleasure to it, so that we are tempted to love and connect. But the end goal is definitely um, love and connection. I'll end off by mentioning a cipher that came out lately. Um, such a cipher probably would not have come out, it actually didn't, but would not have come out years ago for many reasons. But I know the author, and I know that he showed it to many Rabunim who, who praised his work, right? the cipher Matoy Vyarelechu in Yiddish, and the Asa Shurim in English. And, and part of the reason is because, yeah, because there's so much exposure today, and because people have so many questions today, things should be addressed in a Torah Diga, way. I'm not, I'm not giving askum at any cipher. I'm not uh, saying people, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not suggesting people dafka buy svurim or, or read our books on this topic. If somebody's fine with the education he got, and like I said before, he's fine with things evolving in a healthy way that works for him, and he's not, he's not looking to be, uh, you know, more educated or obsessed with the subject and reading up as much as he can understand about it, I think it's fine as well. But if somebody does feel that, they, that they're looking for clarity, so aside from, you know, not being ashamed to ask one-on-one and making sure that, that you're getting the right guidance for your own personal situation, it's fine to read something that you know is Osgehalten and something that's kosher and getting your sources right and understanding the Torah has guidance for everything and anyone. There's nothing you should need to learn from other sources. Make sure that whatever you're getting is from a, from a good source, from something that's going to guide you in the right direction and not something that's just going to make things more difficult for you, not something that's just going to, you know, overtake you with the wrong information, overtake you with the wrong mindset, overtake you with the wrong temptations, and, and disturb your relationship. So, like I started off, you can't control anyone, you can't make sure that nobody tries to, but we could try to spread awareness about, about doing the right thing, getting the right guidance, and with Hashem's help, and the right clarity, and trusting in Hashem, we could definitely do things in the right way, and live together. Bahava Arva Shulam Barayas.